Welcome to the Wish Well Podcast, a women's integrative summit on health and wellness. A podcast hosted by Dr. Michelle Dang, a board-certified anesthesiologist and pain management physician with additional fellowship training in integrative medicine. This podcast will feature weekly episodes with women from all walks of life discussing their health and wellness journeys. Welcome to this week's episode of the Women's Integrative Summit on Health and Wellness, the Wishwell Podcast. This week's episode features Dr. Joanne Jarrett, and her topic for this week's episode is Share Your Stories. And she is the host of the Fancy Free Podcast. And I actually reported with her on her podcast. And so I hope you take a moment and listen to me share my funny story on her podcast. It was so much fun to record with her. I had so many embarrassing stories and stuff that I don't really talk about. And when I got the opportunity to record with her, I remembered these stories that I had in the back of my mind very funny stories from when my kid, my kiddo was um, a little bit younger and he remembers this as well. I'm not going to spoil the episode for you. So if you get a moment, definitely head on over to her podcast and take a listen. Anyways, back to her podcast with us today. Um, she shares with me her journey into why she decided to start this podcast. And what she has said is that she realized over the years that we all have embarrassing, funny stories, and sharing these stories with each other is a great way to bond, connect, laugh together, and feel less alone in our imperfections. She also says that it changes our mindset, so we're not only viewing our foibles through the, through the lens of humor and storytelling, but we also look for opportunities to share them with others as a gift. And it truly was a lot of fun whenever I recorded with her and I was laughing, just remembering all the funny and embarrassing things that I've done myself. And I've done plenty of those. And so where she sees herself is she says that she would love to start a movement and whereby instead of being mired in isolating embarrassment, we're all laughing at ourselves together you can definitely check out her podcast at fancyfreepodcast.com. And I do want to tell you a little bit about her. She is a family physician who is on her 17th year of maternity leave. And as I said before, she hosts the Fancy Free Podcast. And I really hope that you take out the time to give her some support and listen to her podcast, but she has also designed a line of street legal pajamas so that we can all be comfy and confident even after we've had it with the bra for the day. So definitely think it's super cool. All the things that she's doing. I hope that you enjoy this podcast. I cannot believe that we are just a few weeks away from officially being done with this year of school online for my kiddo. We're so excited for it to be towards the end now and definitely looking forward to summer, some pool time and some relaxing. So I hope that you all take advantage. And again, I really appreciate all of you for listening in on my podcast and I hope that you have been enjoying these episodes. 
please do remember to head on over to iTunes if that's where you listen and give us a rating and review or check us out on Instagram at wishwell.health and our website wishwell.health.blog. Until next time, take care, stay safe and healthy. Okay. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Michelle Dang with the Women's Integrative Summit on Health and Wellness, the Wishwell podcast. I'm here today with a super fun guest, Dr. Joanne Jarrett. And actually, I recorded with her not too long ago on her podcast, and I'll have her share about her podcast and share her journey. But I'm so excited to have you on this podcast, Joanne. How are you doing? Hi, Michelle. I'm great. And I'm really excited to be with you today. Thank you for asking. We were just talking about how it's funny because we both have our own podcast and how it's funny being on the other side. Because when I was recording on your podcast, Joanne, I was so nervous. Like I had <laughs> complete brain fart on some of the questions, but you know, um, it, it was super fun, but, but a little bit different being on the other side. Am I right? Yeah. It's nerve wracking. It's a, it's the lack of control. I think I, I, I like being in the driver's seat and I, and when you're being interviewed, you're just not, and it's scary, but it's fun in a different way. Exactly. Well, I am so excited, like I said, to have you on this podcast. And as you know, it's a women's health and wellness podcast, but I think your topic for today's podcast is super fun. So do you want to share with our listeners what your topic for today's podcast is? Yes. I love encouraging people in general, but I think mostly women benefit from this um, phenomenon. I love encouraging people to share their stories, especially if there's something embarrassing and funny in the story, because I feel like it, well, I I know that it creates connection through intimacy and vulnerability. And it is just a shortcut to kind of chip through your own facade because you, you forget you have a, a facade. You're well aware that everyone else around you has this, facade and it's not manipulative and it isn't intentional necessarily. It's just how we present, how we present ourselves to the world and what we have going on inside can be so different. And when I can show somebody my underbelly or what I have going on inside, and that can speak to what they have going on inside, then there's kind of this fast forward to intimacy and connection. And it just kind of, is such an equalizer and also it's so much fun. So (laughs) Yeah. And there's that aspect of laughter as that connection oh, as well. Oh my gosh. Yes. If, if it leads to laughter, then that solidifies the connection even more. Mm-hmm. So, um, the reason why I started sharing these stories, I think the first time it actually started happening for me was after I had my first daughter, I joined a mops group, which is mothers of preschoolers. It's a Christian, non-denominational Christian organization that a lot of churches throughout the world have. And usually it's a twice weekly meeting. It goes along with the school semesters. So for the whole year, the two semesters, you're sitting at a table with 10 or so other women, the same women every time. Mm-hmm. And there's a potluck and there's a speaker. And I walked into my first mops meeting, not knowing anyone, which is a really uncomfortable place for me. I'm kind of an introvert. I've always been a little bit shy. I'm Obviously, I you know I don't come off that way, which is so weird to me, but it just is what it is. So um, I walked into that meeting and I sat down at the table and I just, I had a baby and I was 30 years old, a little older than the other moms. And I had just 
stopped practicing family medicine and I could kind of, I sensed the fact that those women were tempted to get kind of intimidated by my position or maybe my age, or I don't know. And I so badly needed to connect with other mothers of young children that I was like, oh, please, no, please don't be like impressed or intimidated. Medicine's just what I do. And I'm not saying these words to them. I'm just thinking like, oh my gosh, oh no. They, for some reason, think that they need to look up to me because of this. But really mothering is the hardest thing I've ever done in the world so much harder than anything I did in medical training. And I just need help. Like I'm here mm-hmm. to, you know, bond with other moms. So I started having, telling some embarrassing stories and, you know, kind of defaulted to some self-deprecating humor. And it was so much fun. It got kind of addictive. And mm-hmm. not only did it bring me ease, but it really brought out that side of the people at my table too. And we were just laughing and connecting. And here I am 14 years later, still with a deep connection to a lot of those women. And then I went to a party several years later, my friend Karen had a party and she invited a bunch of people from different walks of life. And it was one of those Christmas parties where you get a number and then you bring a gift and you either, when your number comes up, you steal a gift or you open a gift from under the tree. And she said, when your number comes up, tell your most, you know, tell who you are, how you know me and tell your most embarrassing moment. And I've never laughed so hard at a party. It was a great ab workout. (laughs) And, you know, I walked in knowing about five or six of those women and walked out feeling like I had 30 new girlfriends. I never, I didn't even necessarily have a face-to-face interaction with each of them at the party, but because we had told each other these vulnerable stories and because we had laughed together, laughed at ourselves together, we all left so bonded. And I just, I just started understanding the value of that interaction. And then I had started a blog because I have a clothing line and I know we'll get to that a little bit later, but this blog was basically to chronicle my journey from um, family physician to mother, to loungewear designer and shop owner. And But, you know, that whole process moved really slowly. So I wrote a lot of other things on my blog too. And it was so much fun. And one of the things um, that I wrote about was I went to Dillard's one time and I got stuck in a dress in the dressing room. (laughs) And I um, I had to have the sales lady help me out of this dress. I thought we were going to have to rip it apart, but we got it off. (laughs) And I was so humiliated. I mean, picture me standing there with my arms above my head, like an obedient toddler getting changed for into their pajamas. Right. And then this woman had a bad shoulder. So I had to like do a deep knee bend on top of the arms above the shoulders. And (laughs) if only somebody could have videoed that at that time. Totally. I know. And think about how the woman who was in the next dressing room over, she was probably laughing so hard inside her head, but, um, (laughs) yeah, totally. Um, And I thought about asking that sales lady if I was her first, like I literally didn't know if this had ever happened to anyone else. And then by the time I got home, I was just amused. The humiliation had worn off. And I thought I'm going to write a story about this in my blog. And I posted it to Facebook and I got so many comments of people saying, oh, that totally happened to me. Oh yeah, this happened to me. That happened to me. And I thought, why aren't we telling each other these stories? Mm -hmm. So I decided not only to have that be a practice in my personal life, but I decided to create a platform where not only could other people come on and practice telling their not so fancy moments, but we could also sort of display the kind of connection and intimacy that that kind of interaction 
creates. So I started the Fancy Free Podcast. It is so much fun. We not only tell our most embarrassing, funny stories, but we also always kind of go deep and we, do, we have a, I always ask my my guests what they're passionate about and what their lives look like and the message that they're trying to get out into the world. And I just love it. It's so much fun. I mean, I gotta say when I decided to be on your podcast, I had so many embarrassing stories, way too many, some, <laughs> how do you narrow it down <laughs> to narrow it down? Um, but I totally agree. I think that we could all use a little bit of laughter and definitely a lot more connection these days. So I love what you're doing. Um, you. But I do want to hear a little bit about your background because you did, as you mentioned, you're a family physician and you transitioned um, out of medicine and doing a lot of very different non-medicine things these days. So tell <laughs> us a little bit about, I love hearing about women's journeys and how they got to where they are now. So can you share with us a little bit about that? Yeah, I would love to. So I was one of those who went straight through high school college, med school, residency, boom, out and practicing medicine by the young age, you know, by my early twenties. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because my whole, most of my whole life, all I ever wanted to do was be a wife and a mom. My, I was raised by a stay at home mom and I really valued that relationship. My dad is a neurosurgeon. So my oh, mom wow. was really the primary parent mm -hmm. growing up. And it's actually really fun because my dad's retired now and they live right next door. And I feel like I know him so much better than I did growing up. But um, we always really admired the fact that he was out there helping people. It wasn't a negative thing. It was just that he wasn't around much when he was. We took advantage of it and had really nice times. But um, when I got to the point of where I needed to choose what I was going to do for a job before I moved into the family part of my life, I just had to look at, okay, what am I good at? What do I love? Mm -hmm. I love helping people and I'm good at science. So I decided, okay, I'll go into medicine. And it's actually kind of funny because when I told my dad that I had decided to go to medical school, he said, oh honey, but I want you to be happy mm -hmm. <laughs> because, you know, he is, he and I have a very similar nature. We're our own worst critics. We're definitely, um, warriors and that has been really, really hard on him. I said, well, dad, I'm not going to go into trauma or anything. I'm going to do family medicine where I'm just helping take care of families and it, you know, the stakes are lower. Well, little did I know there are a lot of high stakes in any, any part, you know, form of medicine. But at that point I was naive. So I went to medical school in my hometown, Reno, Nevada, and then residency in the same place, because by then I was married and my husband was joining his dad's dental practice there in Reno. So I did a family medicine residency right there in the same place I went to school, which is kind of a no-no, but it worked out fine for me. Mm -hmm. And then he decided, my husband decided he wanted to do only root canals. So he needed to do a residency. So after mine was finished, we moved to Lincoln, Nebraska, and he did a two-year endodontic residency. And during that time, I was the sole breadwinner. I worked at a hospital-owned private practice. So it felt just like a private practice, but I didn't have to run the business side of things. I did urgent care nights and weekends to build up my patient population. And it was a really strange medical community because Lincoln, Nebraska is about an hour or an hour and a half, if I'm remembering correctly, from Omaha. And Omaha is where all the subspecialists are. Mm -hmm. So even though Lincoln is a pretty big town, there aren't a lot of subspecialists. So it was like a trial by fire. I had three hospitals I was covering. I would sometimes have to make rounds and, you know, go do circumcisions in the morning and then go back and check on my really sick patients in the afternoon and see a full day of um, out 
patients and then urgent care nights and weekends, the only doctor in the building situation, which is not my strong suit because I am so anxious and I don't know how ERs, ER doctors do it, especially in those small towns, but, but I did it and I loved it and I feel like I was really good at it, but it took such it just took everything out of me. And I felt like I gave my husband my crappy leftovers when I got home at the end of the day. And I would sometimes sit straight up in the middle of the night worrying about my patients. And, oh, did I check this? And did I make sure I thoroughly looked at that and the other thing? And did I, do I, did I include everything I needed to in the differential? And I was just kind of haunted by it. And I think it's funny because I think doctors that are well, I think narcissists are really happy doctors and on the, on the, on the opposite, <laughs> they don't worry about this, any of that stuff. <laughs> totally. They're like, Oh, it's so someone else's fault if something goes wrong. But yeah. And then if you're on the other end of the spectrum, which where you tend to kind of be your own worst critic, um, you're probably a very good doctor, but not a very happy doctor. So I was all the way over on that side of the spectrum and my patients loved me and I loved them. And we had such strong, um, connection. And I definitely feel like I diagnosed some things that might've gone missing. And I definitely value the fact that I did that. But when we moved back to Reno to open my husband's endodontic practice, I was pregnant. And then I had two babies kind of rapid fire. And then I actually think I had some postpartum depression, which I was not aware of at the time. Mm -hmm. Just looking back, I kind of know that. And I just felt like there's no way I can be the mother that I want to be to these kids. And do any justice to being doctors for my a doctor for my patients. So I just stayed home. And luckily for me, my identity is much more wrapped up in my relationships and not in my titles and what I do. So I, I love that I have my medical training. And it's funny, my mother-in-law says, oh, Joanne, you still practice medicine. You just have a really small concierge practice and nobody pays you <laughs> because I definitely like one day I got a skin pick, like a rash picture over, over text from a niece on two separate coasts of the United States on the very same day. I was like, okay, girls, <laughs> spread these out a little bit. <laughs> but, um, and I absolutely love helping my family members navigate their medical issues. And I actually still really love having medical conversations with my friends that are practicing medicine. And now I'm making a long story really long, but um, we have moved from Reno, Nevada to rural Montana where we live on an acreage. And my husband has opened a mobile endodontic practice, which is where we go to rural towns in Montana and we provide root canal therapy. And I'm saying we, because I got pressed into service. So one or two days a week, I am a chairside dental assistant. And I, <laughs> it's so funny because I'm like, huh? I don't know how to do that. And my husband's like, well, you know how to learn, don't you? I think you can learn. And he's like, how am I going to find somebody to work? Like who knows where, who knows how long of a day it's going to be, you know, part-time. How am I going to find an assistant who will be willing to tolerate that? And furthermore, you know, the travel and all that stuff. So I was like, all right. And I actually really like it because my favorite thing about medicine was taking care of my patients. And I think a lot of that is taking emotional care. And I'm able to do that for our patients. I'm the one who calls them and arranges for their appointments. And I'm the one who's there when they come in and um, then they know me and I'm able to sort of talk them through the procedure because my husband's over there busy doing the procedure and he, he, he'll go, huh? Hmm. Uh-oh. You know, and I'm like, can you please remember there's a human being in this seat? Like you can't just say, huh. And then not follow that up with an explanation. So I'm like, oh, he's, he said, huh, because this, that, and the other thing. So and then I'm actually really proud of my husband because he's so good at what he does. And so it's really fun to be able to see that and to help him out. And it's just a part-time gig. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, kind of in between there, I 
like to sew and I love creativity. So I, I, I started a loungewear line just kind of basically out of necessity because I couldn't find the pajamas that I like to wear for cool weather. I lived at home in my at-home uniform was a sort of a shelf bra tank and jammy pants or whatever in the summer. And then in the winter, I would always struggle with kind of layering a sweatshirt over it or, you know, a night nightshirt or whatever and not being comfortable. So I made a shelf bra nightshirt because I could year after year, I was Googling it and could not find what I was looking for online. And I thought, well, I'll just make myself one. And when I did, I thought, hmm, I think if I want this, maybe other people do too. And I ended up designing a six piece line and taking an apparel production course online and finding a pattern maker and finding a factory. And it was a huge long process, but now I finally have my first collection for sale online. So I do that on the side too. So I like to cram a lot of hats on my head. I, we have two teenage daughters to boot. So I'm teaching someone how to drive. I felt like I've been teaching somebody how to drive for the last three years straight. And uh, we have 12 chicken. No, we have 16 chickens and I take care of the chickens and we have two cows coming in a couple of weeks. I'm going to learn how to have a dairy cow. And yeah, I just, my parents live right next door with two of my aunts and I just have a very full varied life and medicine is just the part of that. Well, I love your story. Um, and I love what you said kind of in the beginning of your story, how you said that your identity was not wrapped up in labels. And I yeah. think, um, it's really hard. I think for many people, especially physicians who have taken so much time to, they need to be. And then once they achieve it, it's like, okay, what's next? This is it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And mm -hmm. it's so interesting because I, I never thought when I was training to be a physician, I never took one time to think about what I want my actual daily life to look like. And I try so hard to encourage my nieces and nephews who are all older than my kids to really think about what they want their daily life to look like when they choose their career, because I love medicine, mm -hmm. but it did not fit in my vision of what I want in my daily life to look like, at least not during the time when I'm raising my kids. And I can always go back to it. But what I like to say is I refuse to live my current life to justify my past life. And I think we need to reevaluate every once in a while. I don't think we should be stuck in one rut forever just because we've done something really hard to get there. But it, it was very, it was, I mean, it's, it was humiliating. I tell you what, I haven't gone back to visit my residency program because I don't think that all my attendings would understand the decisions I've made. And I feel like they would look at me and say, she's wasting herself and I'm not, but I understand how they think that. Yeah. I'm, I definitely can empathize. Um, and I think, you know, that's just how we feel about it. But at the end of the day, you know, your life the best and you know, what is best for you and your family. And yeah. so regardless of what other people think, I think that, you know, I can hear the joy in your voice when you talk about all the things that you're doing now. And even though you're laughing about being a part-time dental assistant, I think there is something to be said about what you said about being able to actually be there with the patients. And also you get to hang out with your husband, which hopefully mm -hmm. is a good thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. We laugh so hard. It's actually funny because the patients, the patients will sometimes get to laughing too. And then we're like, wait, hold still, <laughs> you know, you're getting a root canal down there. You got it, you know, but it's just, it's a really fun environment. So yeah, 
thank you. I, I really think you understand. And it's, it's funny when I talk to certain people, it's like, I can just tell when people either get it or they don't get it. And that's okay. I mean, I, I feel like if I had chosen a different specialty, I may have continued working a little bit while my kids were young. I think back and I think, well, maybe dermatology would have been better because I really like continuity and procedures, but a narrow a narrower scope might've been better for me, or maybe pathology would have been good because the, the, the social interaction really, even though I love it, it, it would wear me out and use me up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's less of that in pathology. I don't know, but you know what? We just have to keep on re if we're honest with ourselves and we keep reevaluating and, and if we're fortunate enough to have flexible enough circumstances where we can pivot, I think it's really valuable to take a hard look and see if maybe there's an adjustment you want to make in your life. I completely agree. And I want to get back to your phrase for today's podcast, which is share your stories. So uh, what made you really get into starting your own podcast? Oh my gosh. I just decided, oh, this will be fun. I think we should start, (laughs) I think we should start, um, you know, telling these embarrassing, funny stories because people loved that story. I wrote so much about getting stuck in the dress at Dillard's and I know I didn't think I really had that many funny stories. It's funny because when I ask most people, their first reaction is, I don't think I can think of any, yours maybe not so much. You were like, oh yeah, (laughs) but you know, it takes a minute. It's a muscle we have to kind of exercise, but it almost gets addictive. Once you start thinking about these stories, then it's so fun to tell them. And then you hear other people's stories. And not only is it fun to tell other people those stories, but it's fun to think about the stories in your life that those stories had reminded you of. So I thought I'm just going to start this podcast and believe me, it was scary. I'm, I don't know if it was scary for you, but it took me a long time to set up my mic and record my first few sentences. I thought I just was going to record my promo and I wanted everybody to be out of the house. I was like, I'm embarrassed to talk oh, to yeah. this mic. I can't even do it with anyone home. Everybody has to leave. And now, you know, I could just do it anyway. My kids will walk through and I'm like, pipe down back there. I'm recording a podcast, you know, and it's funny how fast you can get used to things. But um, I just, I don't, the why behind it, I think is because my down at the core of my nature, I'm a caregiver and a helper. And so I thought, you know, if it helps anyone to hear these stories, then it's valuable. And I had seen firsthand someone being helped by sharing a story like this. I had, I'll I'll try to make it really fast, but I, one time I was at the UPS store and uh, there was a car right next to my car and I thought it was my car. And I pretty much sat on this guy's lap and he was in the driver's seat of his car. (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Look, my car's right there. Same make model color. I'm like trying to convince him I'm not crazy, you know? And he's just like, okay. And I, I scurried to my car and I drove away and I was so embarrassed, but then I started getting amused about it and I tucked it in my back pocket and I thought, oh, this will be a good story. So then I kind of forgot about it. Then you fast forward years later and I was waiting for my daughter one time and I was sitting in the car and the back door opened, but it wasn't her. It was this teenage boy. And I had just been to a play. We were in an ice cream shop and the kids, the cast of the play was eating ice cream together. So I had recognized this kid from the play and he, I could just tell he was mortified when he realized he was climbing into the wrong car. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then he just shut the door and started running off. And he was like, you know, had his hands up to his mouth and he was so embarrassed. And I could just see it on his body language and his girlfriends came rushing around him. And I leapt out of the car and I was like, no, 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 no. I can, <laughs> please don't be embarrassed about that. 
let me tell you about the time I sat on a man's lap. And, and we, you know, I stood there and I told him the story and we were laughing so hard and I could just kind of see the tension roll off of his shoulders. And it occurred to me that now we went from having him totally mortified to we're all laughing together to now he has a funny story to tell and hopefully isn't feeling the tension from that traumatic relation, that traumatic situation anymore. And then months later, my daughter, daughter didn't know him really, but months later, my daughter had gotten to know him. And when he made the connection, he was like, oh my gosh, you have to tell your mom. She's so funny. She made me feel so much better. Um, and I do, I suffer from anxiety. So that was like, I was spiraling and, you know, anyway, so I was able to actually get kind of feedback from how that worked for him. And another thing I want to tell you is I promise you, I am not at all funny. Like I can't tell a joke to save my life. I laugh. I like to laugh. I think things are funny a lot and I see amusement in things, but I can't tell a funny story. I mean, I will start laughing before I get to the punchline. It's really embarrassing. So you don't have to be funny in order to do this. Life brings you the material, right? All you have to do is get vulnerable and share your, your embarrassing story with someone and then laugh at them, La laugh at yourself with them. And, and it'll be funny. It doesn't have to, you don't have to be funny. It just is funny. You know? I love that. And you know, I'm, I'm kind of giggling on my, my end. You, you probably can't hear me just because as you're telling your stories and as you're talking, I'm just like, that is totally me. Anybody, <laughs> any of my friends will know I cannot tell a joke to save my life because I will yeah. just start laughing from the very beginning. And then when I finally get it together to actually tell the joke, I can't even tell it right. And then I'm it laughing falls flat. again. <laughs> yes. It's, you're like, that is funny. You guys, I don't care who you are. And they're looking at you like, well, it probably would be, but you told it wrong. You know, like I, I love, do you remember, I think you're too young. Do you remember Jack Handy from Saturday night live deep thoughts with Jack Handy? And there, there, yes. there are all these ridiculous things that aren't at all deep. Well, my favorite one, and this, this will show you, I, I guess I, my mind's a little twisted. Everybody's is a little bit, but my favorite deep thought by Jack Handy is I'm afraid of clowns. Maybe it goes back to the time when I was at a circus and the cl a clown killed my dad. And I'm like, I cannot get through that without like, people look at me like, you're psycho. <laughs> I just, it tickles my funny bone in, in a really morbid way. And um, I'm really sorry to anybody whose dad is gone and, 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 and gets triggered by that. It's so not my intention, but what I'm, what I'm just trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to demonstrate the fact that I cannot tell a funny story to save my life, but it doesn't matter if your funny bone gets tickled and looking for these stories as you move through your life makes your funny bone get tickled at things that it wouldn't otherwise have been, have gotten tickled at. And then you tolerate those embarrassing moments better too. Yeah. Imagine if you had been sitting there with fire ants crawling up your leg thinking <laughs> and you guys will have to listen to michelle's episode of my podcast fire ants crawling up your leg thinking oh this will be a good story for someone it might have made you it, it might have you know helped you tolerate it just ever so slightly better <laughs> that is true and um yes whenever that episode comes out i will definitely share with you all um and <laughs> awesome. i just love it i mean i think there is so much to be said especially for a lot of us who are still practicing medicine even if you're you're not self-practicing medicine, life is not, does not have to be so serious. And so I think sharing your stories, like you said, laughing, creating that human connection, and then just continuing that chain, as you mentioned with that, with that, um, that, that young gentleman who, you know, was, was very embarrassed, but then now he has a funny story and he can share it. And that just kind of perpetuates it. Hopefully yeah. we, I mean, we can all these days use more human connection. 
For sure. I re- I'll tell you one last little thing, and this doesn't even have to do with sharing an embarrassing story, but when I was in residency, I had a patient um, who I loved. I saw she was young and vibrant and I saw her just like once or twice a year for this or that. And she, she came to me with symptoms of depression. And I said, why didn't you tell me sooner? Cause when I asked her how long it had been going on, she said years. And she said, well, Dr. Jarrett, here's the thing. I think you like me and I think you admire me. And I was really worried of what you would think if I admitted to you that I suffer from depression, I didn't have it all together. And it practically made me cry because I thought I was like, Oh my gosh, honey, I, how could I have avoided you feeling that way? I can't believe you thought you couldn't bring me this, you know, this, this, this problem. And, um, so I, I want to encourage the doctors who are listening it's not just embarrassing, funny stories we should be sharing. And I'm not telling you to overshare with your patients. I know there's a fine line, but if you can appear more human with your patients, they will feel more at ease to share with you the things that they're struggling with admitting. And I think that can be really important for their medical health. So I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for that last little tidbit. I think that is super helpful because sometimes we get you know, it's so stressful these days and we kind of get wrapped up in what's going on outside and inside. And, um, we forget sometimes that the person sitting across from us or on the screen, if we're doing telemedicine Mm -hmm. is an actual other human being. So I think that's really important. Well, Joanne, we are out of time. I know it goes by so fast. I do want to make sure that the listeners know how to take a listen to your podcast. And also if you want to share your loungewear and how people can. Yes, you can find my podcast at fancyfreepodcast.com or just search fancy free on any podcast listening platform. You can find my loungewear. Every outfit has a shelf bra and a phone pocket. They're super cozy. It's like street legal pajamas. You look like you're in streetwear, but you feel like you're in pajamas. You have a little support and coverage in case, God forbid the doorbell ring. You don't want to scare off the UPS man and <laughs> flash your headlights. And also, as we know, when we're home and we're lounging, we're not really lounging. Really, we're taking care of all that domestic stuff we need to take care of. And we need a pocket for our phone that's secure and comfortable and doesn't stab you in the gut when you squat down to transfer the laundry. So you can find that loungewear at shelfyshop.com. That's S-H-E-L-F-I-E-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. And there's not an extra P-E because I think I'm fancy. It's because shop, plain shop was taken. <laughs> so I had, to, I had to get creative. Um, and if you would like to get 10% off of your first order, then use the coupon code WISHWELL and you'll have 10% off of your first order at Shelfy Shop. Thank you so much for that. I will definitely add that in the show notes. And thank you again, Joanne, for sharing your story with me today. Oh, Michelle, it's been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me on. Awesome. Take care. You too. If you've been following me for a while, you'll know how much I love Legree Fitness. It is a high-intense, low-impact workout on a machine called a Megaformer. Did you know that you have the opportunity to purchase a home machine called a Microformer? If you're interested in finding out a little bit more about the Microformer, head on over to LegreeFitness.com, or if you're ready to purchase a Microformer, go to ShopMaximumFitness.com, and you can use my coupon code MICHELLEDANGMD to save on your own home fitness machine. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wish Well podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe and follow along every week for new episodes. You can find us on Instagram at wishwell.health and at our website, wishwell.health.blog. Until next time, I wish you health and I wish you wellness. Thank you.